Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Hey, it's your old pal Fitzy from Six Rings and Football Things. This NFL offseason, no days off. In fact, we can fit 25 hours in a day. That's because podcasts make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other task you got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores, do your job, and be entertained at the same time. It's all about the New England Patriots, the news, insight, analysis, and laughs on demand so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow Six Rings and Football Things in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right, your boys Fitzy and Hart are back on Six Rings and Football Things. Brought to you, as always, by WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. On today's show, a couple of days removed from what was a very thrilling and ultimately fulfilling Champ Sunday, where we watched once again Patty Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and the entire Chiefs kingdom emerge victorious once again from the American Football Conference and the Detroit Lions blow it in the NFC Championship, the nightcapper to the two games, the final Sunday featuring multiple football games for almost eight months' time. We have once again a rematch of Super Bowl 54. Uh, and of course, last time, Andy, we know what happened after Super Bowl 54. No, that wasn't the birth of the Chiefs' kingdom and now the what is looking likely to be the first half of a Chiefs, Chiefs dynastic run. Uh, where they're now surging toward a third Super Bowl, uh, the world went into a global shutdown because there was a pandemic. I personally blame Mahomes and Reed and everyone that allowed him and Kelsey uh, to fight for their right to party. Some other people say it was Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. Um, but uh, yes, uh, that that's what happened last time. And now, now that the Niners have a chance to get redemption or at least get revenge, I don't feel so good about that. Um, I personally would never bet against Patrick Mahomes because everyone is uh, constantly telling me, hey, the Chiefs, they're like the new Patriots guy. Well, because they are, because they go to every AFC title game and they win games they're not supposed to. And, you know, now they go on the road and prove they can do that. Patrick Mahomes the last couple of weeks. And Lamar Jackson is the next big thing who isn't quite ready to be the next big thing. And I don't just blame him. Todd Munkin could not have shat himself 
more with the game plan that he put together for Baltimore. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Th- th- thank you. That was the first thing I said Monday night on the Rich Keefe show. We were going over like the goats and the people that are going to be kicking themselves in the proverbial you-know-what's in the entire offseason. And I said, while it's very easy for everybody to scrutinize and criticize Man Campbell for being Dan Campbell and doing what he does or doing how he do and going for it all the time, I don't love Danalytics. And I think the nerds and all of the data-driven knuckleheads are kind of getting in the way of too much of our pure sports entertainment. That's why I love that line from Gerard Mayo at his introductory presser. I want the analytics to match what my gut tells me. Um, I thought Todd Munkin easily got the biggest of all the Fs that were handed out on Championship Sunday. You've got the most unique talent. uh, Pardon me. One of the more unique talents and a true gift in the form of Lamar Jackson who can physically do everything. Guy freaking completed a pass to himself. He's so good. And you make him a drop back passer and you issue the run game and don't even let Lamar try to win the game for you. That's a gotta have it game guy. Yeah, that was, uh, he would, you're right. Dan Campbell got a lot of the, um, attention for his missteps. And I don't know if it's analytics. It is his gut too. He likes to go right. for it. He's an old school hardo. That's like, just go for it. F it. Let's go for it. Kind of guy. Um, which I found interesting the fact that Kyle Shanahan now had the shoe on the other foot of the, we got to play the game the way we played to get here. Kind So Dan Campbell plays, he's going to be aggressive. He's going to forget field goal. He's going to go for it on fourth down. Same thing that got Kyle Shanahan in problem when he was the Atlanta Falcons play caller. Now we got to throw the ball. This is how we got here. We got to do who we are. Matty Ice, Matty Ryan. So a little different viewpoint for Kyle Shanahan this time around. But Todd Munkin, who won back-to-back national titles with that boob, talentless quarterback at Georgia now suddenly has one of the most talented quarterbacks on the planet and doesn't know what to do with it with the season on the line, the game. And that game was winnable. That game was absolutely winnable. It's not like the chiefs came in and just blew doors and said, Nope, you can't hang with us. So that, you know, there was a little bit of, and I don't want to discredit the chiefs and the Niners, but there's definitely a hint of were these games won this weekend or were these games lost this weekend by people who weren't ready. Both. That's, that's a that's a great and point. It usually were, is a little of both. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, de- there definitely was like, look, uh, it, it took for the Niners, it took the luck of a ball bouncing off of a cornerback's yep. face into the arms of Brandon Ayuk. It took Jameer Gibbs fumbling. Now, whether you want to say the ball was stripped away or he blew it, whatever. It took for the 49ers, it took Josh Reynolds dropping an easy pass not exactly by the way when you're heading into free agency not exactly the best day to drop an easily thrown pass on fourth down that's going to help your team go to the super bowl help you increase your market value and also help the long-suffering fan base of the detroit lions still to date the only team that has never made it to a super bowl advanced to a super bowl yeah i i'm with you a million percent munkin got the biggest goats crown uh and the crown of shame i would say Longest shame walk on Sunday as well. But yes, sadly, everybody, the Chiefs are becoming the new Patriots as well. And here's the thing. Before we get into what we're really here to talk about today, which is uh, the Mark Daniels piece on the the dissolving of Mac Jones, his relationship with Bill Belichick, his downfall in the organization, uh, his coach, his QB's coach, who's just emerged out, of, emerged out of nowhere, Joe Dickinson, telling tales out of school about what's gone on with Mac Jones and why he wanted him traded after his rookie season as well. Plus, we'll get a little uh, Pat's Paris uh, offensive coordinator. The OC search continues and so much more. Um, I am. I don't know about you. Uh, maybe this is me bringing uh, 
maybe starting the segment, starting a we people or my, a my people segment instead of you having to say you people. But I don't give a flying shit about uh, – I, I really don't. I do not care at all if the Chiefs are becoming the new Patriots and, oh, my God, Mahomes is already goatier than Brady was at this point in his career. Okay, cool. You know what? His stats are a little better, and he may now win a third Super Bowl. I think he's actually going to win. I'll never bet against that guy in a big game again. I haven't to date, and I still won't. But, uh, okay, let's say he gets his third Super Bowl. So he and Brady each will have had three Super Bowls at, at after the six-year mark in their career, after six starts. They'll, he's gone to every AFC championship as a starter as well. Um, amazing. That's awesome. So he's surging past where Brady was at a certain point. Awesome. Again, let me know when Mahomes is able to do this for another 14 to 15 years and pick up three or four more Super Bowls, as was in Tom Brady's case. I discount one of them, or I don't pay as much attention to it because it was somewhere else I was told. But when he gets to that point, awesome. That's great. Otherwise, this is, as they call it, talk radio fodder. This is, uh, you know, hot sports talking head take nonsense. Don't really care. And as far as the Chiefs being the Patriots, yeah, they kind of are. Great. Good for football. We've got another dynasty to either cheer for or against. Every story is always better, Andy, when you got a bad guy or someone to either cheer triumphantly or vilify. Um, so, you know, I've been early on the kind of Chiefs are the new Patriots, you know, the that whole comparison. Um, the things that I find interesting about that, and I've always said, the, the challenging of Brady isn't going to be talent or maybe even opportunity. It's going to be uh, drive and longevity. It's going to be, does somebody want to, as Brady said, give up your life to continue to win? At, at some, so Mahomes has kids, now, uh, at least one kid, maybe two. I don't know. But he has kids. Mm -hmm. Is he going to want to push through Oh, my kid is now five, six, seven. I really would like to go to the t-ball games and the peewee football games or whatever those types yeah, of I things. Want, I want to. I want to coach flag. I want to be there for the lousy chorus right. concert that you and I suffer through. Yeah, exactly. I th yes, I think <laughs> that is going to be the measure of Mahomes and also the transitional period, which he is going to have to deal with with a coach at some point because Andy Reid is 66, I believe. Mm -hmm. So he's not going to be able to chase Brady. Well, I mean, I guess theoretically they could win like six straight, but um, the okay. they're not really likely going to be. Able that to would break them. That would break the machine. That would, right. that would screw the matrix. Yes. But, you know, but also this, this immediate reaction that Mahomes is better. Mahomes is the goat other than the funny quip by Brady's friend Ben Rowitz and company when they're at a zoo wherever the hell they were saying hey oh, look it's the Mahomes that the was Mahomes yeah but and the most classic Brady eh, 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 oh he's eh, pissed eh, he's eh. absolutely pissed but he knows the camera's on him he's absolutely pissed and that's why he is the goat in my opinion the fact that he's yeah. pissed deep down somewhere he wants right. to punch Ben Rowitz and everybody in the face that's why he's the greatest of all time he won't he look he's just staring all. ahead doing the maniacal yeah. laugh I, lo I freaking love that. Yes. And that actually comes back to, does Mahomes have that? Or does Mahomes say, you know what? I just, four is nice. Four is really impressive. I'm tied with Joe Montana. There's a yeah. lot of great quarterback. I don't need to chase Brady. What do I need to prove? I don't need to measure you-know-what's with Tom Brady. Yeah, um, I'm an all-time, I'm already a legend. Right. I am now in the top five NFL quarterbacks discussion. Don't make Brady kind of like, uh, this is something Rich Keefe would understand, but there's like the, what's considered, one of the top five comic books of all time is The Dark Knight Returns, 
where an aging Batman emerges from his uh, retirement, if you will, from in Gotham and makes a mecha suit and like comes back to fight this scourge that is threatening Gotham City. Don't make Tom Brady basically pull a Dark Knight Returns and like in his early 50s, if Mahomes gets to five or six, he's like, all right, F it. All right, Guerrero calls up Guerrero. He's like, we're back, baby. And like 53-year-old Tom Brady unretires to win another Super Bowl just so he can have eight and surge past Mahomes. I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, we don't need to see that. We don't need to see that. That won't go well. I know he can throw a ball across a ballroom, but I'm not sure he can. It's a dime, by the way. That thing that he threw at that corporate speech to the rugby be. player. As he said, when he hit the freaking uh, drone out of the air off for Beast's boat. This is kind of what I've done my whole career. If I right. can't hit that thing, then maybe right. I shouldn't be a quarter. You know, there's other <laughs> quarterbacks that would stun themselves if they hit it. But he's Andy references everyone, just in case you don't. Andy references a very, uh, I mean, every Mr. Beast video racks up so many views. You could say they're viral, but he and the kids were on Mr. Beast's boat. They were doing this yacht thing. And Brady first threw a 30-yard pass and knocked a drone out of the air then threw a 55-yard bomb to a guy in a jet ski who dropped it. I still like to think that that guy to this day wakes up every day and he's like, Brady threw me the effing pass and I dropped it. How did I do that? Well, I don't know if he wakes up or he never falls asleep because <laughs> he's like, that was my moment. As Eminem said, you got one moment, one opportunity. Nope. Yeah. Um, but to get back to the comparisons, I actually think the more interesting comparison that is getting uh, fluffed over for Brady Mahomes because I just get pissed off with everybody. Like, Mahomes is better. He's the GOAT. Brady who? Stupid. Get out of here. I actually think the more interesting comparison is Andy Reid and Bill Belichick because Andy Reid, mm. everything – he gets credit for everything he did in Philly. gets credit for what he did with Kevin Cobb and Alex Smith. And then, oh, by the way, when he got his GOAT guy, yeah, then he started to rack up the Lombardis. But his non-Mahomes work – far more impressive than Belichick's non-Brady work. So if you want to, if you're in Kansas City, Missouri, or somewhere in the Midwest, or hell, you're just a Belichick hater, and you want to spew an argument against Bill Belichick being the GOAT, and you don't want to use Paul Brown, the guy I usually use, but mm -hmm. you want to say Andy Reid is one of the best coaches of all time, Andy Reid might be the best coach of this generation, I think that argument goes stronger by the win, by the ring. He gets another ring here. I know he doesn't match Belichick, but you can say... Look at the totality of what he's done in multiple stops, and it's a stronger argument. I, I, th I think he's much closer to Bill than Mahomes is to Brady. And the only knock used to be like, oh, he gets to the NFC Championship every year and then can't get to the big game. Yeah, that's because Donovan McNabb, metaphorically or literally, would crap or throw up on himself. And, and yeah, Bill you're right. Would he would give was anything able to... to get to a title game without Brady. He would give nope. anything to win seven games without Four Brady. Four years in Cleveland, he had all win against Drew Bledsoe, right. the old giraffe on stilts in the Patriots when they rattled off, like, no, what, seven wins in a row? I know. I love Drew. I love Drew. taking shots? No, we're just having fun. That's how he looked, I don't he think Drew would have found that fun. I don't think Drew would have found that fun. Okay, well, too bad. He's not here. He's probably somewhere drinking really good wine and not giving an F. True. And good for him. I love Bledsoe. He's Blood doing so. well. Yeah, he's doing just fine for himself. Every time I've seen him, he's been half in life's proverbial bag, full of money, joy, and, and satisfaction. And he's walla-wallowing in money. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, Belichick... It, it, no one around here wants to have that kind of discussion. Like, oh, Belichick's I forgotten more today about football, blah, blah, blah. Andy Reid is an amazing coach. This guy is an unbelievable coach. Like, you have to play the, well, what would have happened had he had his Brady, who was obviously Mahomes, for 20 years' time. 
I mean, would he have won? I mean, you just said it right there. Night, night. Here is your nightmare level scenario, Pats fans. If Mahomes, if Reed coaches three or four more years and they win this year and they win like one or two more, then everybody on get up or he said this or let's talk sports or whatever the name of the sports argument show is, is going to say, well, you know, they won four or five together. Imagine if they did 20 years together like Brady and Belichick. This is the real dynasty. Then we're all going to get dragged into a, a barroom brawl that we don't want to be a part of. But facts are facts. Or, I mean, I know it's still slightly opinion-based, but it's the truth damn impressive. never mean. That's true. That is very true. All right. Those are some quick reactions to the Pats and Chiefs comps. Hey, real quick, just the Purdy yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also, oh, yeah. also think the thing that kind of annoys you people. Um, okay, here we go. Thank you. Is this um, Super Bowl is a matchup of the two Patriots dynasties in a way. It's the back end Chiefs dynasty as they're piling up with the MVP GOAT quarterback. And then Purdy in San Francisco, as I wrote yesterday, is sort of the, the Brady origin story. Like he's riding great talent, great defense. People wonder if he's that good, the late round pick, all of that crap. Purdy is like the, the young Tom Brady game manager. So I don't, and by the way, the 49ers can tie the Patriots and Steelers with the, the Super Bowl. I just, it's like, you don't know who to root for. So maybe, maybe you should just not watch the game. You people, you people might, you people should have like a convention on Super Bowl. Sunday. <laughs> maybe I'll host a loser's lament or a should. we people ball or watch party. I dude, I, I, I can't tell you how much flack I got online. And that's just what Twix lives for, obviously. But uh, a, buddy of my, a buddy of mine sent me a text right after uh, right after Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, somehow our images just flipped right there. All right, I'll try to get us back to where we were. Anyway, I don't care. I don't it was know. just off. Hey, oh, there we go. <laughs> Does it mean I have to change my argument? Is this one of those TV screens where, like, the pro <laughs> argument is on one side and the negative's on the other? And now, oh, my God, I'm on the other side. I feel this way. Actually, I've changed my opinion. You nope. know <laughs> Me, people. And, and you, now we're back. Me, people. You, people. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I sent me a text afterwards. He's like this. He lit. I got a text Sunday night, at like 10 o'clock. This, this is a nightmare scenario for Patriots fans. You either watch the chiefs catch up halfway to Brady and Belichick or San Francisco gets their six. So now it's not just the Steelers and the Patriots to which I say, like, you know, I, I, we should only be so lucky as to have these kind of first world football problems. So True. I, I don't really care again, my pure enjoyment of everything that was 2001 to 2020 will never be, uh, uh, you know, skewered, obscured, queered, or ruined by anything that any other team does in their run. I can actually appreciate someone else's greatness, accomplishments, legacy, and run, and not have it, like, get in the way of what I... I know that's not a sexy argument, but, I'm like... I'm not that's sure I believe bad. you. I, no, I am so comfortable... Uh, I'm not sure. Well, let's just wait. Let's just okay. wait. Mahomes right. is in his seventh Super Bowl to win Book it. market. And see who you're rooting for and how your passions feel and all those uh -huh. things. And Andy, mm -hmm. yeah, you're a bit of a fraud, like your other faithful in Foxborough. All right. So, you, so say you, but I know how I feel about this. And two years from now, when things change drastically, I reserve the right to bookmark <laughs> this and change my opinion entirely. All right, let's move on to the back half of this particular podcast. Let's talk some Mac Jones and what the hell happened to the QB that was supposed to be the savior and is now the pariah. All right, so Andy here on Six Rings of Football Things, brought to you by, of course, WA Odyssey 24 to Sports, sponsored by our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook, fanduel.com slash six rings today. Make every moment more. 
Um, I have to apologize to FanDuel. I just want to apologize to them for over the weekend for taking a lot of their money. I was just going to say I did the same, and FanDuel is very lucky that I had left my account underfunded because had I had enough money in there, I would have been able to rack it up this weekend. All my props hit, teasers, parlays, the whole jam. It was a very good weekend. Don't worry. They'll uh, get it back. <laughs> oh, that's how it always works. That's a, If anything, they may have made it too easy for us to make enough so that we can blow it on the Super Bowl. And by the way, real quick, next week here on the podcast, coming up soon, we're going to have some great guests. We'll have Matt Light in a couple of days talking what the hell's going on in Pat's Nation, where for Arthur Belichick and more. Next week, we'll check in with our boy Shime. Uh, we'll do a little pro, uh, Six Rings Palooza here on the podcast as well. Mike Lombardi is going to join us again coming up soon. And don't miss it, February 14th, we will have Jeff Benedict will have a nice live uh, Six Rings edition uh, with Jeff Benedict, the author of the book, The Dynasty, which, of course, premieres on Apple TV Plus as a five Friday, 10 episode miniseries chronicling the greatest run in NFL history. Uh, and I have a bunch of books right here from Simon and Schuster to give away to our listeners and good fans over the next couple of weeks as well. So stay tuned for details on how you can win a copy of the book. Ooh, you um, people going to get some books. Yep, not for you people, my people. Me, me people get books, you people just get nothing and like it. Hi Bruins fans, looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So on Monday, we get hit with a double banger, a double bagger about Mac Jones. First, there's a piece at MassLive.com from Mark Daniels. And boy, my first takeaway in general was between the piece put together by Andrew Callahan and Doug Kide, and now Mark Daniels, at, uh, that was at the Herald and this was at MassLive.com. Uh, there sure were an awful lot of people on the Patriots. Like we spoke to multiple Patriot sources. They're sure either it's the same people over and over again, or there were a lot of people that were super uncomfortable and were dying to get some tales of this dysfunctional season off their chest, which is kind of how I like to sort of like view or frame this. But there was the Mark Daniels piece at Mass Live detailing the three year downfall of Mac Jones going from savior to pariah in Foxborough and Pat's Nation. Uh, how the relationship with he and Belichick fell apart and what could have been and what ultimately came to be. And then there's a podcast, Tommy Kern's Patriots Talk podcast. He speaks with Joe Dickinson, the longtime QB coach of Mac Jones. I, I got to tell you, I had never heard of this guy before, but interesting how he just sort of like emerges from the woodwork or obscurity just in time to share some tales uh, of what he went through with Mac Jones and what he ultimately wanted. Um, my, I think the thing that caught me off guard the most was actually on the pod, Curran speaking with Dickinson, and that Mac Jones' QB coach, you know, he went through the tough coaching in high school. He got coached up by Saban. He and Belichick were good after the first year. McDaniels can be notoriously difficult on people. That after McDaniels left and went to Vegas, Joe Dickinson told Mac Jones and his agent, ask for a trade. You need to get out of here. So is that where I, I didn't you buy that? I mean, I do buy it depending on the time. If it was after it became clear that Patricia and Judge were running the offense late spring, somewhere in there, then mm -hmm. yes. 
Because I think you and I joked about it. I would ask for a trade. I mean, it was a it was an experiment, as Robert Kraft called. Don't don't effing experiment with my life, my career. As I continue to say, they submarined a two hundred fifty million dollar contract for Mac Jones. They he was on track, on course for a quarter of a billion dollars, and now he is toxic, damaged goods. I don't even know how you describe him, but he sure as shoot ain't getting two hundred fifty million dollars. No. He's not a franchise quarterback. What he is no. now, sadly, is a reclamation project. Which, and you know, he can paint to Baker Mayfield and others, Jared Goff. Like, you can still pull your bootstraps on or whatever if people still have boots with straps and no one does. I don't know why you yeah, have do. Yeah, do. I, I thought we all have, like, those shoes, like Kizik's or Skechers, where you can just, like, step right in. Yeah, and you don't have to lace them up. So yeah, slide yeah. your comfortable walkers on and go <laughs> find another place to be successful. But, no, I do. I'm assuming the timing was after this guy joe dickinson who's an older dude which i liked that too as he brings age into it later talking about how belichick and the relationship and all that right but if i'm guessing it was when it became evident holy crap they're gonna they're gonna make a special teams coach your personal coach and a defensive coach the play caller you're porked get the hell out of there that place is a poop show that place is a disaster waiting to happen and you're gonna be at the center of the disaster you're gonna fall you, one of your strongest takes of 2022, which I know you caught an absolute ha like hailstorm, a maelstrom of what else is new? anger. I know. What else? Right. Uh, it, it, rinse, rise, repeat, grind, and Andy takes crap from people on Twix and then argues with him while he's waiting in line for a pizza on a Friday night. Nothing um, better. <laughs> one, of your, <laughs> one of your strongest takes last year was, and you defended it to the hilt. I appreciate, I, I, I'll say I, adm I admire this. I, you stuck to your proverbial gun there, guy. You said if Bill Belichick, if Bill Belichick was waiting for, for Bill O'Brien to become available and thought, oh, I know, I'll just I'll just put in my buddy Matt Patricia because he can be a placeholder offensive coordinator, or if he really thought that he was the best option available, that that was a fireable offense. Yeah. To which people took such offense and umbrage my god screw you heart what is the vendetta what did belichick ever do to you yeah, what did he do to you I yeah and ultimately like as we're coming as we're coming to see this really may have been the worst decision in patriots history belichick's coaching career and in the young career of mac jones like the dot like the 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 fallout from the patricia coordinator debacle continues to trickle through pat's nation Yes, and so Alex Hay chimes in, says Bill broke Mac, then used Mac as a scapegoat for his own failures. I think he may have attempted to do that, but I will say when I said it was a fireball offense, I didn't know it might end Bill's career, which is the next step in that because he doesn't have a job. <laughs> Although we do nope. have Schefter throwing out, huh, you know, people think that those two jobs are going to go to uh, Dan Quinn in Seattle and, and Ben Johnson in Washington. I right. wouldn't bet on it. At least one of them, I don't think will be the way you think it's going to be. And Belichick's still out there, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, mm -hmm. but I'd also say, I do think we have a little bit of a um, revisionist history tour going on. Mac stinks. Ah. Mac has stunk for two years. Mac has been part of the problem, not part of the solution. I don't know. The blame pie, we don't have time for that today. That's a talk radio four-hour, you know, Adam Jones masterpiece. But Mac has not been good. Mac had no. tried to do too much, which weirdly... Well, where does that come from, though? Because there was no great being quarter, a bad like quarterback. Being a bad... Because Bill O'Brien was telling him, listen, he if you believe Mark Daniels, mm -hmm. and I believe Mark Daniels, I think he reports what is told to him. So the source could lie, but the source is real. 
-hmm. If you believe Mark Daniels, Bill O'Brien at some point this year even said, listen, I know it's a poop show around you. You just control you. You do what's right. And if it doesn't succeed, that's on others. That's on me. That's on the line. That, But you do what – and he couldn't do that. He couldn't just do what was right. He tried to do too much. We saw that. We said it live right. at the time. Yeah. Like, we, we said it live at 50 times this year. We didn't We didn't need sources. He tried to do too much. Um, but part of that is Mac. Part of this is on Mac. He also – I'm sorry. He's rubbed enough people the wrong way. He's a yeah. dink. He's a dink. Behind the scenes, he can be a dink. He rubbed Belichick the wrong way. And as much as that's on Bill, and I blame Bill, Mac has a role in that. Like, you get to choose how you manipulate relationships with others. Even if they're tough to get along with, even if whatever, you choose whether you make the issue worse or you do things to make the the relationship better. And I don't think Mac did anything to make the relationship better along the way. And, you know, Tom Curran was on this the middle of, last not this past season the season before that his quote and i actually asked him i did the interview live myself on our station Mm -hmm. i asked him to clarify it just to make sure he was saying what he wanted to say mac jones made an enemy of the head coach i remember it distinctly and i think he was right i think he made an enemy of the head coach now they had their ebbs and flows and maybe they tried to repair the relationship and not hate each other whatever but i think it went done it went so well that by the time that Bill Belichick, according to Mark Daniels, benched Mac Jones this year, and the, the guy needed a benching, whether or not you want to talk about what you consider the worst NFL pass you ever saw thrown, which was the oh, oh, oh. interception in Germany. Stinger. He had a stinger that nobody knew about. Uh, that was embarrassing. That's embarrassing. If you have a something so bad that you're going to blame the pass on it, then people should know about it. And if no one knows about it, or, or go to the bench. If you can't feel your effing right uh, arm and you're a right-handed quarterback, sit down. That was BS. That was absolute BS. That was excuse making at its best right there. And I don't know who did it, why did it, anything. And I'm not yelling at Mark Daniels for reporting it. If people tell you something, then write it. I I have no problem. But that's excuse making at its worst. You can take your stinger and shove it up your ass. That was a horrific throw. It was it. Well, it was a throw that ball left handed and made a better throw. Andy, that to me, to me, that pass. And that whole sequence right there is the downfall of Mac Jones in like, just like, you know, like, Hey Siri, show me the downfall of Mac Jones in one play from his three years with the Patriots. It's that play because he's got happy feet. He's falling backwards. Supposedly his right, he can't feel his right shoulder or his right arm. Vidarian low gets beat like a drum and you've got some, you know, Colts edge rusher steaming towards him. And then he backfoots it and soft arms it. Mrs. Gesicki by a good seven, eight yards. Like everything about that sequence was terrible. He's throwing to somebody that you and I didn't think was going to be that much of a difference maker, but we're told was going to be a touchdown machine with his hyper-athletic prowess. We're watching the worst offensive line in the NFL do exactly what should happen when Vidarian Lowe is playing left tackle on an international stage. And Mac Jones is in his head over-processing and panics when the kid used to be just a competitive cucumber. And now he is an absolute unmitigated disaster. Like now he's he, I don't think you and I said on the post game show, and we had a fiery post game show that day as well. I remember we, um, we one hot, he 100% should have been benched after that. That should have been the end. Like go sit out. Like we broke you, you broke you. We stink. You sink. There's a, there's some, I hate you. You hate me. Let's just go our separate ways. There is some collective suck going on right now. Let us just play out the string, finish the season, 
and we'll give you a chance to make yourself either with a new coach here or somewhere else. Uh, anyway, I highly recommend, um, you know, obviously listen to six rings and football things first, but yeah. Tom, E did a good job on the Pat's talk podcast with Dickinson, but especially read the Mark Daniels piece, which is still available. You can follow him at Twitter at by Mark Daniels. And of course it's uh, MassLive.com. That piece uh, was well-traveled on Monday, January 29th. He actually Last had a typo in there, but I heard from a source that his pointer finger was injured while typing, and that's the reason for the typo. Oh, he had a, he had a, he had a, uh, an index stinger? Yeah, a stinger in his index finger. Yeah. Uh, Last know. question. Do you think, so we know, well, we don't know much about the relationship between Gerard Mayo and and Mac Jones. We know Mac showed up to the Mayo introduction in his workout clothes. Hard on move. Party of one. Where get those? He cleaned out his locker. How could he? Oh, have that's right. Clothes? But his locker was cleaned out and his teammates had had enough of them. Oh, God, I'm so sick of all this. Um, so right, the article finishes up saying, obviously, the Patriots are not expected to pick up the fifth year option for mm -hmm. Mac Jones. Yeah, mm -hmm. over, over $20 million. That ain't happening. Uh, but. Uh, it says that there's no immediate plan to move Mac Jones. However, if the right trade offer comes across their desk, uh, AKA be, a trade offer, any trade offer that he'll be gone. So you tell me, does Gerard Mayo give him a chance to possibly reclaim his job to compete for being that veteran starter? Should they draft somebody high in the 2024 draft or is flat out he gone and it's going to be zapper rookie and some sort of uh you know from Brissett to russell wilson to garoppolo or whomever some other sort of uh veteran qb in my opinion you cannot bring him back absolutely cannot bring him back it just wouldn't work um his attitude his relationships his experiences that like i just even if you draft a quarterback to replace him because there's the weird mm -hmm. zappy mac relationship which was weird all along for two uh, years. But re relationship. Right. But if you draft a new franchise quarterback, there's some part of Mac that still thinks he's a franchise quarterback, that he still thinks he's the Patriots. I, I lived that life a couple of years. You young whippersnapper. I know I was in your role. Watch out. They might, they might submarine you like yep. he can't be around. He can't be. So the right trade offer is a trade offer. Anybody mm -hmm. willing to offer anything. Now you can, play this you know put it out there oh we might not trade him to try to drum up interest or make people more forthcoming with what they'd be willing to but i will be i will be stunned much like i said i'd be stunned if bill belichick were back as the head coach mm -hmm. um i'd be stunned if mac jones is in the new england locker room come may Maybe a little uh, later than that. May, definitely mm -hmm. by late July. I do not think he can be. Draft weekend him. is a perfect time to trade him. Draft weekend is a perfect time when people don't get the quarterback they want or realize they could use another veteran or maybe want someone to come in and compete. Perfect time to trade him. Maybe get a fourth rounder for Mac Jones if you can. Um, Are we going four to team, four, team, four teams I'll put out there. Um, hi from Switzerland. Good job, guys. Would love to have a beer with you. Hey, you know what, G? Thanks very much for checking in while we do this live. I'd like fly. to go to Switzerland and have a I, beer. I would love to have you a Swiss beer. Uh, sure. Hey, G, please. you buy it? What uh, up, G? <laughs> first round's always on Uncle Fitzy anyway. You know that. Um, no, we have to get there first. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Well, I'm no, happy to buy the beer. It's the plane tickets to the it's hotel. The it's the plane. <laughs> um, so, all right. For uh, we got to talk OC search real quick before we wrap it up here. Um, I would say uh, four teams I could see being viable trade candidates for Mac Jones. San Francisco. Yep. Minnesota. 
Yeah. Um, I think New Orleans, actually, because they do not have a QB of the future at all. And Derek Carr, it was far from uh, spectacular or franchise worthy this past year. And maybe, maybe, maybe like, why not Seattle? Seattle is going to need someone to come like Drew Locke. He's a Geno Smith. I think they wrote back Drew Locke. He's not a starter. Like mm -hmm. just send him in someplace. Mac Jones would be good. What you think Mac Jones could do any place in his fourth year without the fifth year option picked up as he looks to try to prove that he's worthy somewhere else competing with a rookie or another series of veterans. As long as there are weapons around, I think that would be a best case scenario for him. Don't send him someplace where there's offensive coordinator insecurity, a new coach who's trying to figure out what he's doing or some other sort of starter uh, incumbent veteran that's going to submarine him and put him in just as bad a situation as he was in before. Let me throw another couple options out there. Just, and right. I don't know whether they're good ones. I'm spitballing right. here. I just want to make it clear. I'm spitballing here. Ooh, Denmark chiming in. Flawed. Um, Bryce Young in Carolina. Would that make any sense? Just because they're boys and there might be a, um, a, a, you wouldn't have the insecurity, I guess, because Bryce Young is the guy. Just throwing it out there. Doesn't Bryce uh, Young need to put his big boy pants on now that he's been yeah. thrown to the Lions and proverbial wolves? Probably. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Houston with C.J. Stroud, the way he's taken over that town. Obviously, Nick Casario um, has Patriot, Belichicki. And they have Nick. Ocean State, Mac Jones, and Mechanek, Davis Mills. I, I know. I'm just throwing names. All and right. I'm just replying. I don't discount the idea that he could be a third-string quarterback somewhere. I'm not necessarily oh. sure he's a second-string. Um, I mean, he finished this season as a third-string emergency guy, right? They didn't tell mm -hmm. him, but that's where he actually finished. He had to yeah. read it on Twitter. Oh, my God. How God, how um, dysfunctional with this season? My God. But I will say this. I've crapped all over Mac Jones for a portion of this podcast. He is one of the best 96 quarterbacks on the planet. I firmly believe that. He is capable. I think at his best, he's borderline one of the top 32. He's between that, you know, 24 mm -hmm. and 40 quarterbacks on the planet. He just needs to find the place to get right, to start over, change of scenery, that whole thing. Like he does, Bill said it. We always crap all over Bill, but Bill was right. He's shown the ability to play quarterback in the National Football League. <laughs> no truer thing has ever been said. I mean, my God, Brady puts the house up for sale and uncouples from best buddies. And we're like, ah, he'll be back next year. He'll never leave. Even Belichick doesn't believe it. Duh. Follow the money. Read the writing on the wall. My God, it was right there all this time. When Belichick said that, how did we all not already completely figure out that their relationship was garbage? completely trashed and they needed to hit the reset button Look. and they'd both be better off if they'd gotten their way all reports indicate at some point bill wanted to trade mac now he didn't go all in i don't think he was vetoed but i think he firmly thought he should consider trading mac and according right. to joe dickinson they should have traded mac and i think we'd all be better off if mm -hmm. they had traded mac completely and if he didn't trade him after his rookie season he should have traded him after his sophomore season and signed baker mayfield like he wanted which would have been a great stop. How Baker Mayfield would have played with these weapons versus obviously Godwin, Rashad White, Mike Evans, Kate Otten in Tampa. Who knows? But the reclamation of Baker Mayfield went so well, it got his offensive coordinator a head coaching job in Carolina. Good for Dave Canales. Good for Canales. And Baker Mayfield's probably going to get paid now. And Mac Jones is hoping just for some table scraps or an opportunity to play QB once again. All right. Speaking of coordinators, Andy, let's wrap it up here real quick. The coordinator search continueth. We have no C. No OC in New England 
We have no idea who is going to be the play caller du jour in New England yet. They have interviewed 11. Three have taken jobs. We have a hateful or an elite eight, if you will. Um, we've got uh, Kubiaks and Getzies. We've got Flurries and we've got Kayleys. Who do you believe? And no, this is not considering Josh McDaniels as well. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna light the world on fire if he comes back for a chat or that that name gets floated again. I would like something new and fresh, just because I'm looking for a page one rewrite of the New England Patriots, and I don't mind if they struggle as they try to find their footing and make their offense more contemporary. I'm fine if Nick Cayley gets the job because he was here. There's familiarity, maybe just a touch or a splash of McVeigh. That's fine. Uh, I, I can't tell you much about everyone. I don't know if Tanner Engstrand, who's supposed to be the new offensive coordinator with the Lions, should Ben Johnson take either the Seahawks or the commander's job, which, by the way, Boomer Esiason, if Ben Johnson doesn't take the commander's job, you got to get out of the head coach prediction business because he'll be 0 for 2. He said Belichick to the Falcons was a done deal. Whoops. And now he's saying, he said last week, Ben Johnson, like it's already done. They'll just announce it after championship Sunday. Well, we're waiting. Uh, so I don't know enough about these guys to tell you, like, that's who it should be, or he's the future, or let's go this way. Do you have a feeling on any of these eight, and will anyone else come in the door? I'm tainted here because I thought you should have given the job to Nick Cayley two years ago, and I think butterfly effect would have been massive for Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, and the entire Patriots organization. Mm. Um, you chose not to do that. He is now a better candidate, having spent time with Sean McVay and whatever you want to take from that Zach Robinson yep. offense and everything mm -hmm. that goes into it. Um, so I, I think it's Nick Cayley's job to lose, but I certainly don't feel great about any of this. Like when you can't make this decision and other people are deciding to go elsewhere and you didn't even offer them the job, what it like this is, I tweeted it the other day. There's a fine line between due diligence and you can't find anybody to take slash give the job to. And I think we're right on the fine line between due diligence has gone wrong. And now you just got to find an effing coordinator. Cause guess what? The shrine bowl is happening. The senior bowl is happening. Like you need to have a direction. What are we doing offensively? What kind of players are we looking for? Where, mm -hmm. how are we filling out our assistant coaching staff? We got to give this guy a shot, whether he gets to hire the assistants or not, we got to give Mayo and the offensive coordinator a shot to bring in good support staff. We saw last year, it didn't work when the staff was not, a cohesive unit working together under Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick. So pooper, get off the pot and find somebody, give somebody the damn job. Just give it to Nick Cayley. Is it that goddamn hard? And if he stinks, guess what? Get rid of him after a year. That's fine sure. because all these other guys will have a year's more experience and maybe the Kubiaks and Engstrands and whatnot will be better candidates or some new ones will emerge. Who knows? Or but somebody will get canned that you can bring in as an offensive coach. Right. Like, uh, Effort. At that point, you can find find a Frank Reich or someone else who's looking for one more kick at the can. Whatever. Just Fine. hire somebody. But Make yeah, like so the East West Shrine Bowl is Thursday night. The Senior Bowl is Saturday. And you need somebody who's going to be able to like talk to like start putting together his staff and talk to these guys and not just look at a series of breakdowns that the Matt Groves and the Elliot Wolfs at all have put together. Like you need to go in there confidently scouting like this is the kind of receipt like one of those guys that I think you and Kyrie and Catholic were talking about on Monday's six rings, Washington, the receiver from USC, who could be like a slot receiver of the future oh, for a the few of those slots I'm interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Isaiah Williams from Illinois. There's a, there's a couple slot guys, but you're right. Are we going to focus on this? Like I want a guy 
that famous video making the rounds of Les Snead and Sean McVay talking about Puka Nakua and saying, mm-hmm. this guy is perfect for our offense. He can block. He's run after the catch. And they go out and get him in the fifth round. And guess what? He's perfect for the offense. Well, right now, who's making those decisions? Who's seeing these targets? And not saying the guy's a first-round pick, but saying, for what I want to do as an offensive guy, that mid to late round pick is perfect. Mm -hmm. You don't have anybody that can make those decisions and see that information right now. And they're doing it for the defense because, you know, Mayo, defensive specialist, coached on the defensive side for five years. Demarcus Covington, been around for seven, had a chance to coach at the Senior Bowl and the East-West Shrine Bowl. Now he is your defensive coordinator. And Steve Belichick may very well, depending on what goes on with his dad, make his way back and be a defensive assistant and the assistant head coach as well. That's on lock. I'm not worried about the defense. I need to know. We need to know. We'd love to see the direction. Like, pick a lane. Like, is it going to be McVay? Is it going to be Shanahan? Are you going to pluck like from- a mass hole driver right now? Their blinker's not on. They're all over the road. They don't know if they're taking the exit, swerving. Flicking across. a butt, taking a call, drinking a dunk. Seriously. Like, just pick a lane. Pick a lane and freaking drive. And I don't care how fast you go, but pass a few people and get to where you need to go. Damn it. Well, hopefully by the time we check back in on Thursday, a decision will have been made. You make sure that you give us a follow at Six Rings Pod. He's at Jumbo Hard. I'm at Fitzy GFY. And, of course, at Mike Cadlick, always on top of the beat, bringing you the latest and greatest from Patriots Nation and beyond. All right, we should be back Thursday with Matt Light, former New England Patriot great, three-time Super Bowl champion, Patriots Hall of Famer. We'll be checking in with us uh, as he does every couple of months or so. He's got something to promote. We could use a veteran voice. It's kind of a beautiful marriage of convenience, as always, here on Six Rings. And like I said, next week, we'll have tons of guests. It'll be a Super Bowl. Excuse me. Are we allowed? Yeah, we can call it the Super Bowl. We don't have to go big game. Yeah, Yeah, we're not selling anything, though. Uh, Big Super Bowl week. We'll talk. (laughs) We ain't selling nothing. Although we could probably use a little soap to wash out our filthy mouths. Thank you guys for listening, as always, to the Six Rings and Football Things podcast brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. We are a presentation of WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. For Hart, this is Fitz. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Viva football. Good day. God bless. And as always, you pets.